Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Thank you, Farad, and welcome again, baby boomers, to Another Day Above Ground, the podcast designed just for you, where we try and bring you valuable information and entertain you at the same time. And when I say we, of course, I can't do it by myself. I have two partners in this venture. First of all, from the uh, lovely Mile High City of Denver, Colorado, welcome Carolyn Strauss. Yeah, and it is almost summer, and I can tell because all of the roller coasters and parks are actually starting to open up for the first time in more than a year. I'm very excited. I love roller coasters. Really? You're, you're an amusement park kind of person? I am. Oh, my gosh. Amusement parks are awesome and roller coasters. But I found something out today that I think roller coasters were first created in the late 1800s to keep Americans away from sin. Huh? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they were designed. The guy who designed a roller coaster was thinking that Americans are spending too much time thinking about sin and we got to get them out of the house and they created a roller coaster. Well, well you, see, can't, you can't sin with your hands in the air. Exactly. <laughs> you can have you can sin in the back seat of a car, but not when you got your hands up in the air trying to keep from puking. <laughs> well, that yep. happens in the back seat of a car sometimes too. <laughs> And that, of course, is the voice of Tim Slagle, the Aristotle of comedy. Oh. Irony abounds on the consumer price index as generic Viagra has gotten cheaper while lumber prices skyrocket. Ah, <laughs> uh, the cost of wood. That is... <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure which kind you're looking for. <laughs> oh, it all ends up costing you a lot in the end, trust me. Well, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> well, it is May, and, you know, May is uh, is the time for, I don't know, finally getting outdoors and uh, and finally doing stuff. You know, I went for a motorcycle ride over the weekend. What, Carolyn, you said it was 80 where you are yesterday and 30 today? Yeah, I love Colorado. I love I love it here because my week my winter clothes and my summer clothes live in the same closet and I get to choose hour by hour what happens. It was 87 yesterday and 37 today. Wow. I mean, 50 degrees is a lot. Well, it certainly is. You yeah. know, it's it's most of a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, have you done anything spring like yet? Uh cutting the lawn. That's pretty springy, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, anything fun, spring-like. <laughs> Cutting the lawn. <laughs> yeah, but do you do it with scissors? Now, there's the challenge, right? Y'all think cutting the lawn with a mower is something. There is nothing. There is nothing more delicious than the than the taste of beer after you finish mowing the lawn. That's uh, it is it it is my entitlement, and it is what it is what keeps the lawn more moving. Wow. See, I didn't think you needed an excuse. That's my problem. <laughs> hey, it's Monday. Let's have a beer. <laughs> then I have three or four. And I say, ah, hell with the lawn, you know. <laughs> well, we've got a uh, we've got a very interesting guest with us today. Uh, this is a guy who uh, spent his life in comic books. 
When he was 15 or even earlier, he started reading them. Then he started collecting them. Then he started trading them. He opened his own comic book store. And today, he's going to join us as a uh, as a, a guru, a maven, if you will, of, uh, of comic books and what they're worth and what we can do with them. Gary Moondog Colombono is the proprietor of Moondog Buys Comics, and he's a, uh, he's a collectibles entrepreneur. Gary, thank you so much for being with us today on Another Day Above Ground. Thanks, Dale. Great to be here. So what, what exactly is a, a collectibles entrepreneur? Are you like the guy in the Big Bang Theory that runs a comic book store? Well, you know, at one point, I ran six stores here in Chicago. Wow. Uh, so sold that business in 1994 to a public company who expanded it to 21 stores in five states. And um, But, you know, it, the whole business of comics changed so dramatically that it was impossible to really make money in the comic book store business. So when I sold out, it was time for me to kind of take a back seat. And I ended up being a marketing director for Golden Tee Golf, the video game in, that's sure, in all sure. bars around the world. But, you know, I always bought and sold vintage comics in the meantime. And, you know, I, but the market today is so hot. It's so crazy for collectibles. You know, there's so much money in these, um, anything from Bitcoin to NFTs to GameStop stock, AMC stock. There's so many things going on with big amounts of cash that people are looking at the comics, vintage comics, as being the next place to put money. And people who are downsizing, you know, I mean, my wife and I are looking to downsize. What do you what do you do when you got six or seven or eight long boxes of comics that you've carried with you for the last 50 years? Because this is, you know, you love these books, so you have them. But how do you sell them now? And especially, how do you sell them for... The, you know, to get the most money for them. That's really, right. I mean, you could always, in Craigslist or eBay, you can sell a box of comics, but the last thing you want to do is sell a $5,000 comic book for 10 bucks to some guy. Okay. Yeah. So, like that, like that bowl that we just heard about uh, uh, a few weeks back that a uh, guy bought for 30 bucks. It was worth 500,000. There you go. Can, can I can I can I stop you for a minute, Gary? I, I I got a question. Something you said there. You said the comics book the comic book industry has changed since 1994. What 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 has actually changed? Distribution is the most it, two things. First, distribution. The comic book store, comic book stores were small enterprises run by generally a collector who loved comics so much that he was looking for a way to build his collection as cheaply as possible by selling off doubles and things. Uh, independent uh, people who didn't want to work for somebody, and very much like the Simpsons, you know, comic book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, but, but, you know, just like anything else, things started growing, and so guys could make money. In, in the, uh, I opened my first store in 1978. You can make money in 70, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s because the distributors needed your business. And there was this whole network of small distributors around the country who catered to the comic book store market. Well, Marvel Comics in 1994 got rid of all those guys. And they decided, we're not gonna sell our comics through them, we're gonna sell our comics directly to the stores. And 
that changed everything. The costs of Marvel Comics increased. All the comics that you bought from other publishers, their prices went up because now there was less. The distributors who stayed in business couldn't afford to do it at this with the lower volume. So you have distribution, and today it's even worse. You know, I used to give, you know, uh, five guys that wanted my business and would give me the best price, and they would ship the stuff to my door almost for free. And now everything is COD or cash up front, and the discounts are so low. Hmm. The other thing, though, is the content of the comics is so different. It used to be they were, you know, books that uh, high school boys and 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 pre uh, and pre you know uh, grade school boys loved and then they they just followed that on for the rest of their life now the content of them is so violent so sex ridden that it's it you a mom is never going to give her kid four bucks to buy a comic <laughs> four bucks to buy a comic there used to be when i bought one my dad gave me a dollar i got 10 comics. Right. The first thing that ever happened is when they went to 12 cents because now I only got eight comics. But right? yeah, but there was complaints about well, the sex and violence content in comics back then too, wasn't there? Yes, but there was the comics code that limited the amount of sex and violence. So about 10 years ago, the publishers said, you know what, we don't need this code anymore. Let's just get rid of it. And they did. It huh. was because it was a self policing things so they got rid of the code and now i mean it, it's it's uh it's not the same i mean all these characters that we love this generation loves through movies and tv we had the same feeling for these characters 60 years ago when spider-man first came out when the fantastic four first came out but now you know that was my golden age for these characters through comics. And now that's the same feeling that these kids are getting today, but they're getting it through the movies. See, I so, used to read I used to read Archie comics. And sure. there was very, very little sex and violence in those. You know, they called Jughead a name. That was about the worst thing that happened. But uh, our, our, what what should we I, let me let me just cut to this. What should we be looking for? What you want to do is is to identify the comics that you have. The most valuable comics are going to be superhero comics. And, you know, 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s superhero comics, this is what you want to have. If if you have Archie's and Richie Rich and uh, uh, teen humor, uh, funny animals, there's always going to be some value to that, but they're not going to be valuable. But what about games? Superheroes. What about games that we used to have? You know, Cootie, uh, Sorry, uh, you know, any of these uh, old class stop and shop, you know, any of those old classic games. Are they worth money? Dale, well, you know, there's an old adage in the collectibles fields, all of them, and that is everything has value, but not everything is valuable. So if you have a Cooties from 1950s or 1960s, you know, is there somebody who, who might pay five or ten dollars for it? Sure. But is that valuable? No. And so that this is what's happened in comics uh, and specifically. Um, I work closely with families where the collector has passed away. And that's that is the biggest problem um, that that families have when they have a collector in the in 
you know, in the family who passes away, what do they do with their with the comics? You know, and and that's where I come in. My, you know, it's so easy for me to appraise. I give free appraisals, and then I list the options that the families can have. You have very valuable books; they need to be sold through through auctions. Uh, and you explain the certification process, where they encapsulate comic books to make sure that they're in tamper-proof holders, so that they can be sold, you know, on the market. Um, you, there is, it's such a complicated and complex uh, that they need to have an expert like myself who's happy to help them, because I want to buy them. I mean, that's the that's the first thing I want to buy them. But if they don't sell to me, I can outline the options that they have. So it really comes down to are you do you have comics for sale? If you're a baby boomer and you've got them in your basement and you need to downsize, how do I sell them? You know, call Gary. If you have uh, someone passes away, call Gary about the comics. If you're looking to help your retirement, Dale, as you mentioned earlier. Okay. Right. You know, find out what you've got so that you can decide to sell them for the most money. It, you, really, it really comes down to that. You started on that before, before I interrupted you. How do you, how do you know what you got? Well, you know, I've been a special pricing advisor to the Overstreet comic book price guide for the last 40 years. I have done this comic book hobby business thing my for actually there's a picture of me on moondog buys comics of 15 year old gary um reading comics for the joliet high school joliet catholic high school news student newspaper um and i mean my whole life has been comics there's the the, the picture of me and my two brothers on vacation my brother scott is holding a fish that he caught and my younger brother is like looking up at him in awe and I am holding my action comics number 245 that I bought with my own money <laughs> on on vacation cuz that's the kind of goofy kid I was I mean yeah, I remember I used to do that, too. I used to uh, buy the comic on That's vacation. Started this whole thing. I mean, it really started this whole thing. I mean, I was, I've was i always been doing this, but but never on an active beat. I've never had a website. I never had a, a Facebook page. But when I had an old customer call me and say, you know, Gary, we thought you had passed away, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was like really a shock. I said, maybe I should take a little higher profile approach, Tim. So that's that really is how that this is all happened. I mm -hmm. have a question, Gary. So I, I'm so mad at myself because when we cleaned out my grandmother's house, we found these games from like the 40s and 50s and comic books, and we threw them away. I want to cry. I just oh, I'm listening geez. to this. I know, but we didn't know, and everybody was in grief, and we couldn't think, and we were just sure. okay. So now, is there a comic book I can buy now? that in 30 years, it'll be worth something. How do you know? <laughs> um, I, this is where the hobby is changing every single day. There are modern era comics. Let me, let me put it another way where you can kind of make a comparison. They just sold a LeBron James basketball card for $5 million. Oh, man. It came out in 2004. Now there's now, a, who's going to buy that? Who is going to buy LeBron that? LeBron James. It's not a collector. 
It's not, it, these are NFT guys. These are Bitcoin guys. These are people with so much money and the, and they're speculators. Okay. They're not collectors. They're just looking to put excess cash into things that are continually going up in value. See, that's the, the thing about speculators. As long as things are going up in value, they're going to keep pumping away. As soon as somebody starts to sell and the price goes down, they leave the ship like sinking, you know, sinking ship like rats. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, but collectors, collectors are buy and hold. They buy it and they hold it their whole life until they pass away. I've got a, uh, I've got a uh, uh, Ren and Stimpy one through 10 with the stinker card still in the wrap. Yeah. Now see, Tim, those have an opportunity to be valuable. Yeah, but okay. they're but they're not. They they came out in '93, I want to say '92, '93, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and they have the potential to be valuable today. You know, maybe five or ten dollars. Hmm. All right, but again, that's not valuable. But they have a potential to be. Valuable. Yeah, well, that's why I bought them and put them away. I said, oh, okay, here's my <laughs> retirement. You know, <laughs> so. as soon as they do another rent, Stimpy comes around again. Okay, right. everything gets recycled, and there'll be some new interest in Ren and Stippy. Boom, those things could double, triple overnight. Now, the the the, the people that bought the five million dollar uh, Michael Jordan card, who's going to buy it from them? They see they have to hope that there's another guy with a lot of money. This is you know it, it's a it's a it's a stages. There's stages of these things. You know, you mentioned Michael Jordan. The other one was a LeBron James card, but a Michael Jordan card a year ago in a, a nine on a 10 point scale sold for about $40,000. Hmm. Wow. With uh, six months ago, it was 160,000. Now it's 500,000. And so if you, if you think about the stages of these things, okay. But as soon as somebody puts that five hundred thousand dollar card out and it doesn't sell for six hundred thousand, boom! It goes, it can, it can go right in the tank, and the thing could be forty thousand dollars again, because there's the, the the speculators have to see this growth every single time one's available. Amazing these aren't collectors. These aren't collectors. These are these are people with lots of money, and they just want to. Buy as much as they can. I mean, somebody just bought Kanye West shoes for one point eight million dollars. I don't get. They it. Needed a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been a gay Japanese businessman. <laughs> That's a perfect example of Dale of how these things happen. Okay, it could have been that those shoes sold for one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. All right. Like, like uh, you know, uh, Michael Jordan shoes sold in that range a few times. But a Kanye West? No. It, what it simply is are people who, who are betting on the future. That's all they're doing. They're just betting on the future that there's somebody else. If I paid $1.2 million, somebody else is going to pay $2.2 million. And it really does come down to that. It's the optimism, the internal optimism of that there's a bigger sucker than you somewhere. Absolutely. You yeah, that, 
I mean, look at look at this Bitcoin stuff. I mean, look at, at things like NFTs where there's people, you don't even have anything that you can hold in your hand and people are paying hundred millions and hundreds of millions in some cases. What What's it, an NFT, I have to ask? What's an NFT? A non-fungible, uh, uh, non-fungible... Um, T. T. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It, it's like an ass, non-fungible asset, but the word T is the asset is different. But you know, uh, it's like, like this guy um, that started, uh, you know, on, for sixty million dollars, he sold his all the the images uh, that he put on on uh, tw on Twitter. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I, re I read about the NFTs. A, new, right, every day you'd put a new uh, thing on Twitter, and then he decided to sell them all. At one time, and 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 they sold it through like an auction house, like like Sotheby's. I mean, it was like a legitimate thing, and it sold for like sixty million dollars. And it's, but there's not nothing tangible. There's it's just a thing, you know, a, a, a thought or a concept or um, a digital file. I, mean, I got a lot of thoughts, man. If I could sell those, that would be great. <laughs> I think I half have, the thoughts I, you had, Dale, would be illegal to sell. <laughs> They're just thoughts. So you mentioned you mentioned something, Gary. You said that you're an advisor to an online something. Is that like a, an organization that like rates comic books, so somebody could go and look it up? Is that how that worked? Yeah, the it, it's called the Overstreet Comic Book Price Guide. It's been around for 51 years, 52 years, and. Um, it has every single comic book known to man that's been published in there in, in this reference guide. Okay. It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal book. And um, so if you want to find out if you have anything valuable, you can uh, go online or buy this book and look up your comic books to see if there's anything valuable. If it says it's worth $3, well, you know, it's not, but if it says it's worth, $500, now you need an expert to tell you what grade your issue is, your book is. That's the key. You might have a Spider-Man number one. You know it's valuable, but is it worth $5,000 or $50,000 or $150,000? The condition will dictate that. Is this a free website or do you have to subscribe? You have to subscribe. You, uh, you would uh, go through Heritage Auctions, I believe, ha.com, and uh, you can actually buy the online version there. How much I'm going to buy the it? actual book and hold on to it for 20 years and then sell that <laughs> for thousands because it's got you know, every I, comic book in it. Over, I've got my bookshelves right next to me here, and I have every single one of, of the price guides right here. Off Those the, you should top. sell. You know, it's funny. They are valuable, especially the early ones. Huh. The first one's worth like five grand now. Huh. I mean, it's crazy. For, how for how much? Price. How much does it cost for the book and the subscription, roughly? I mean, because you know, uh, I've, I've got thirty dollars worth of Ren and Stimpy. Is what? 30. Thirty-nine, I think thirty-nine ninety-five. See, so I'd be I'd be nine bucks in the hole just to find out what my stinker card is worth. There you go. See. <laughs> Now, I've got a, but that a was record. pretty cool, Tim. I got to tell you, when I I was uh, I I sold a ton of those Ren and Stimpies with the stinky card in it. 
tons of them. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's not worth anything. We've all, all us idiots. Everyone that bought one has it in a box somewhere. Idiot! (laughs) Idiot! (laughs) We had Ren and Stimpy made an appearance at my store in Ford City uh, back in '92, and it was it was it was so much fun. It was so much. They're comic book characters. (laughs) No cartoons. Cartoons. They were, they were real to everybody else. All the kids loved it. What, now, other than comic books, what about other things, you know, like baseball cards that we had and stuff like that? How do you find out the value of those? Well, you know, um, every eBay is the best price guide, okay? Now, you don't, when you go on eBay, and this is something that you, you really need to understand, there's something called an advanced search. So if you have a Michael Jordan basketball card from 1992, here's a better example. When he played baseball for that one year, I've got a couple of Michael Jordan baseball cards, all right? You can go to eBay and see what they're selling for. And and you'll go, oh, my God, my card's worth $100. But if you check the advanced search sold only, only ones that have actually sold, not what someone's asking for them. Then you find out the real value. And, you know, it's about 15 bucks. But there's always somebody out there who's going to try to get $100 for a $15 item. But the best price, it really is the best price guide because it shows you what people are, are actually paying for stuff. You look like you're digging for something there, Dale. Do you have a card that you wanted to show or? No, no, I was just, I was trying, I was hearing an extraneous noise trying to figure out where it was coming from. So oh, okay. I'm fine. It's just <laughs> inside my own head, actually, as it turned out to be. Brandon and Stimpy are visiting Dale right now. <laughs> you know, on Friday, I, I spent um, three hours with uh, two brothers who uh, their uncle is now in assisted living. He's 93 years old. And um, they found 500 comics that the uncle had bought off the newsstand. And there was a Wonder Woman number one in there. Oh, and, wow. And, I mean, every fi- all 500 comics were valuable. I, I gave them a quick appraisal, because I only spent three hours there, of 125000 bucks, And they need the money to pay for the assisted living. Hmm. So, hopefully, hopefully... The, you know they'll come to me and say you know we're we're ready to sell but you know hopefully at least now they, hopefully now dad doesn't to... hopefully dad doesn't recover and say what the heck did you do with my comic books <laughs> my comics uh, but but now they won't sell them for five grand or ten grand which sounds like a lot of money for 500 you know old comics right you know five or ten grand right. sounds pretty good but it would be just a fraction of what they're really worth. So it seems that, you know, we all could possibly have some extra cash hidden around our houses. If we've got comics, we should call Gary. Gary, how will people contact you? Well, um, you know, you can go on, first of all, our website. My website is moondogbuyscomics.com. And uh, the phone number is 866-MD-COMIC. Sorry, little marketing there. But, oh, that's uh, why it's all right. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, but if you go on moondogbuyscomics.com, not only will you learn uh, about how to sell your comics, get a free appraisal and all of that, you can listen to 
episodes of the Moondogs Pop Culture Radio Hour from 1993. I had my own radio show selling uh, or, 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 you know, celebrating uh, everything that had to do with pop culture in 1993, specifically comic books. I mean, it's, it's such a cool place. And I hope everybody just spends a, a little time, just a little time listening to live radio, comic books, TV, and movies in 1993. Pretty and cool. one last thing, comics, is that spelled the traditional way, C-O-M-I-C-S or C-O-M-I-X? C-O-M-I-C-S. Okay. Just to, so it, it, it's the way you would find it He's in the dictionary. He's a purist. Dale, can't you tell? <laughs> I understand. If there was an X under there, Moondog, you know, comics with an X, those are underground comics. Like ah, okay. Zap, those are, I had those in college. All, the yeah, cat. right. All the, all the old great Robert Crumb and, you yeah. know, and Jay Lynch and, and, I mean, all the great underground cartoonists, they, they were in comics with an X. Okay. I'm glad I got that all straightened out. <laughs> hey, okay, and we didn't even have a chance to find out where you got the name Moondog. I'm assuming it was just given to you at birth, which makes your parents very, very hip. But um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Dale, you might, re you might know of Lou Harden, Moondog, uh, the Viking of 6th Avenue in New York City. I mean, they're doing a big, uh, they're doing a big uh, documentary on him. But he, he was this blind street guy who also, you know, wrote uh, some political stuff and and cut albums. He had three or four albums in the '60s, uh, and uh, you know, he wore a big Viking helmet and uh, and then just hung out on the street corner in, in Manhattan. That's where I got me. Cool. But there was also college involved and, and underground comics and fraternities and hippies and all a bunch of stuff. So, and pot. So it all comes together. You know how it worked <laughs> back in the 70s. Anyhow, Gary, thank you so much for joining us on another day above ground. I'm, I hope that our listeners will get in touch with you if they've got some uh, valuable comics. And I will certainly start uh, looking around the house to see what I can find. But once again, thanks so much for being our guest. Well, thank you very much uh, for having me and all the best to you and your listeners. Thank you very much to Gary Moondog Colombono. And uh, and I, I wish him all the best uh, Moondog wishes. Uh, it's been another, uh, been another fun show. We hope that you learned a little bit and can possibly even turn a buck or two after you've heard the uh, all the information we had to share today. Other than that, Carolyn, do you have any final words of wisdom for the folks? I, I'm so bummed that I didn't like go to all of those garage sales that I used to see when I lived back in Boston because those folks, I bet they had boxes of comic books that I could have bought and made a ton of money with now, but then they would have had to move with me all the times I've moved. So that's complicated holding on to stuff forever, isn't it? So I got nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> thank you for your interesting story about the failure of finances in your early years. <laughs> Tim, how about you? Any last words? Hey, yeah, check out my website. I got a couple interesting developments that uh, that I might be announcing in the in the near future. It's uh, timslegel.com. and you can you can drop me an email if you want a, a bid on that uh, uh, one through ten rent rent and stimpy with stinker card. <laughs> you know what I've got? I've got a, a Cheech and Chong album, the uh, the the fold-out double album with the oversized rolling paper that was inside. You never, that you, you never used is, it. 
No, it's signed by uh, uh, by Tommy Chong. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I worked with him in a club one something. time, and I had him. I took the album and had him sign the paper. It's very cool. Wow. But anyhow, that, that, there, there's my financial future. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to DaleIrvin.com, you can sign up for the Friday Funnies. I'll make you laugh every Friday. And please visit AnotherDayAboveGround.com. All one word. And you can, uh, you can leave us a message. You can tell us if you'd like to be on the show or if you have any suggestions for future shows. Other than that, I want you to go out and enjoy today because it is... Another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.
Thank you very much to Gary Moondog Colombono. And uh, and I, I wish him all the best uh, Moondog wishes. Uh, it's been another uh, been another fun show. We hope that you learned a little bit and can possibly even turn a buck or two after you've heard the uh, all the information we had to share today. Other than that, Carolyn, do you have any final words of wisdom for the folks? I, I'm so bummed that I didn't like go to all of those garage sales that I used to see when I lived back in Boston because those folks, I bet they had boxes of comic books that I could have bought and made a ton of money with now, but then they would have had to move with me all the times I've moved. So that's complicated holding on to stuff forever, isn't it? So I got nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hey, thank you for your interesting story about the failure of finances in your early years. Yes. <laughs> Tim, how about you? Any last words? <laughs> you know what I've got? I've got a, a Cheech and Chong album, the uh, the the fold out double album with the oversized rolling paper that was inside, and that paper, is, no, it's signed by uh, uh, by Tommy Chong. Yeah, I, I bet that's worth club something. one time, and I had him. I took the album and had him sign the paper. It's very cool. But anyhow, that, 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 there, there's my financial future. And <laughs> if you go to daleirvin.com, you can sign up for the Friday Funnies. I'll make you laugh every Friday. And please visit anotherdayaboveground.com, all one word. And you can, uh, you can leave us a message. You can tell us if you'd like to be on the show or if you have any suggestions for future shows. Other than that, I want you to go out and enjoy today because it is... Another day above ground.